narrowly streaming. Ain't no lab like a kid. No lab like a kid. Fuck a normie opinion. Fuck a normie opinion. All my boxes run lit. All my boxes run lit. Make crypto scary again. Again. Talking back on they wonder who wins. Who wins? When the bank circulation ignore regulation. Bell out some for printing and constant inflation. Back when Bitcoin been making a change. Back before Lambo Moussa was the rage. Back before Ross was stuck in a cage. Back when my stream was in a vase. Back when OGs was still making waves. Back before press was printing for page. Back when the bets still had a hurt. It was yeah. built by a murder. Taking it back, this my Genesis block. Cypherpunk shit, yeah, yeah I, I guess they forgot. Encrypted partition, SD card edition. Yeah, yeah. Talking for scanning like both on a dock. PGP keys over license and repost. And I got paper wallets, hope it ain't lost. I'll say like this, it's strapped up like a high tech. Rotated identity skipper, like toe. Taking it back, this my Genesis block. This my Genesis block. Taking it back to the day. This my Genesis block. Yeah, 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 taking it back yeah. to the day. Yeah. This my Genesis block. Three letters to balance. This my Genesis block. Three letters to balance. Treating them like God. Told God's a bundle, remixing my high Wanting more freedom from well acting down. Rio gon' float, the fake gonna drown. Shout out Satoshi, never cashing out. If Bitcoin established was the payment route. Wonder if Blockstream figured it out or if the banking system had them all bought out. Sell out it on Reddit for wanting big blocks. When did the hackers start giving TED Talks? Solutions, choosing a walk. When fees go up, the banks feel the love. The money solutions get keeper of sorts. Fashion or reserve like the feds going short. Thought crypto was freedom from central control. Atomic sauce for freedom from the last resort. Taking it back to the day, this my Genesis block. This my Genesis block. Taking it back to the day, this my Genesis block. Yeah, yeah. Taking it back to the day, this my Genesis block. This my Genesis block. This my Genesis block. When you're in war, what's most radically important? Having good weapons. If we're at a cold economic war between political parties, people, different classes, people are going to you know, quickly move to, towards the best tool. And that's why I don't think necessarily there needs to be a push for, oh, you got to use this because you know if people have no need for it, they shouldn't. But when they realize how much easier it is to accept payments, for example, accepting Monero, then it is setting up a credit card payment processor, having your PayPal account uh, frozen until you send in more information, KYC laws regarding money transmitter laws. There is such a hassle in today's day and age. There is, such, there is risk. There is a social risk today's day and age to running a business. 10, 20 years ago, you just set up your LLC. You start running a business. You make money. You call it a day. In today's day and age, you are not in the algorithm. You don't make money. You don't pay the right, you know, whatever promotion. You don't get the right amount of traffic. We actually live in a less free world. People talk about a future dystopia. What future dystopia? We're in a dystopia right now. This week on Monero Talk is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. And by IVPN. Resist online surveillance with IVPN, a privacy-focused audited and transparent VPN provider that accepts Monero directly. And by Stealth EX, an instant exchange where privacy is the top concern. Go to StealthEX.io 
to instantly exchange between Monero and 450 plus assets without having to create an account or register and with no limits. Making Stealth EX a simple way to purchase Monero with crypto anonymously. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever. By typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Douglas Tuman interviews Crypto Bear, a musician, crypto anarchist, and Monero ambassador. The two discuss how Crypto Bear got into creating music, his journey to Monero, the bastardization of BTC, grassroots movements getting infiltrated, dollar-denominated value versus utility, how central banks extract people's wealth by taking over the money supply, peer-to-peer -peer money overpowering the bank cartel, CBDCs, censorship, art, and much more. Narrow Talk starts now. Crypto Bear, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you? How are you? Good, good. It's, I feel like it's been a long time. You know, I feel like too we long. Uh, communicated peer to peer in a while. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a while. Monerotopia was fun, super fun. You you were uh, my highlight of Monerotopia, man. Not gonna lie, you <laughs> <laughs> you you came up big. I knew you were going to come and perform. You know, I saw you. I, I obviously had listened to your your, your songs on YouTube. Uh, but you're, yeah. you're you're a performer, man. You're not you're not just a guy. You know, making Monero music videos. Uh, you're you're actually an artist. That was my, that was my first performance ever, and, man. <laughs> yeah, and you're you're capable of performing live. You got skills. How'd you feel about that? Did you feel like you uh, excelled? Uh, it felt uh, I thought I was going to forget my own words to lyrics. <laughs> that I thought I was going to forget my own words. That was probably the most impressive part, man. Yeah, I think you put you you did like 10 songs that night. You didn't, right? You did a lot of songs. Yeah, I think I did like 10. You know, honestly, if you give me a microphone and a comfortable environment with like-minded people, I probably I, I, I between music and going on a rant, it, it would have been hours. Dude, you're an animal. And that was after being at the conference all day in your Crypto Bear costume. And, you know, it was Miami. Yeah. Miami is warm. I, don't know, <laughs> I honestly don't know how you did it, man. I really like it was it was amazing. And then you performed with the costume on for for like love for the community, man. Love yeah. for the community. How? How long have you been doing this? Like just performing or not? Obviously, we're like creating, creating. Like, no, no, that was the first performance. I've, uh, but creating, like, I don't know. I've been around, yeah. I've been around Monero community, uh, probably since like 2016. Maybe, but were, you, were you like an, an yeah. artist before that creating, or is it where was it Monero that inspired you? Just you know, start? no, there was, there was a couple of songs on a really badly badly hooked up microphone like something you know experimental vaporwave type stuff and uh you know i was like you know i really want to talk more about it it's i had what was it some song called like encrypted heart and then something else called fomo 
And it was just kind of, you know, throwaway songs, just like having fun, one about trading the other. I was like, you know, maybe I could make something a little bit more nerdy music-esque. And then, uh, yeah, no. And then I, I decided, I was like, you know, I probably should just jump into this. I got a lot of opinions, but it's it's just a weird weird subsect and i'm like i don't even know if there's a market for this stuff but i was i was like you know i well there's a lot of people talking nerdy stuff on you know there's like a whole subgenre of like nerd core and you know but i, I felt like there was something missing into it right because I, I feel like too much is just technical talk for technical talk and then there's also kind of you know the uh what i would consider the cultural aspect of it I think music is very close to culture and, you know, I've, I've, I've listened enough of your stuff and, you know, talked with you long enough that I know you kind of come from a similar place to you. What really draws you into, you know, Monero or cryptocurrency in general was the cultural impact aspect, you know, freedom loving people looking at freedom loving technology. 100%. The fight for Liberty, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So were you you were a liberty fighter before Monero? You were you were doing other things? You were did you have other Yeah, no, I've been uh <laughs> I've gotten f- funny stories, man. I uh I was like in middle school and I'm pretty sure I was I dabbled in running like Freenet and um you know what that was before Tor was kind of, you know, like the go-to darknet but you know I it's bizarre I really should have accidentally ran into bitcoin way earlier than I did and you know I I yeah I was messing around with like you know uh freenet and stuff like that when I was in middle school so I was you know barely what like in 8th grade so yeah it was, uh, <laughs> I've, uh, I've always loved the aspect of, uh, freedom and basically free speech to the uh, highest degree. I mean, I, I know we spoke about this, but for anybody that's just kind of learning about crypto bear for the first time, what, what is your, you know, your, your crypto take, like, you know, uh, how, how do you describe Bitcoin versus Monero and, you know, what it is that you, you know, you, you care about in terms of crypto, what you see as the value proposition for those that are, you know, maybe don't know, know about you yet. Yeah. I I think the biggest one, right. And it's basically the way I put it is Monero is the spiritual successor of what Bitcoin was supposed to be. Right. You know, Bitcoin carried the torch of, Hey, internet money and everybody, I, I don't know if a lot of people remember the early days of Bitcoin were uh, pretty libertarian leaning you've you know it was people preaching about free markets basically uh money that wasn't controlled by small powerful groups of people and it basically turned into what i see now as kind of like the soul of what made bitcoin matter just disappeared it became a bastardization of people just pushing to have their dollar denominated wealth increase at the price of basically compliance, at the price of limiting what freedoms uh, Bitcoin was supposed to enable. Monero, I think, has stayed in the lane of basically picking up that torch. You know, there's no apologies for trying to make it a less effective money, less private, or anything like that, just because it will help get, quote, mass adoption. You know, I think a lot of people, especially in Bitcoin community, not to be you know, trying to throw shade or trying 
to start, you know, wars against Bitcoin. But a lot of Monero people are Bitcoiners first. You know, you don't become disillusioned with a tool when the community is doing the right things. At some point, you feel like there's greener pastures. And Monero, to me, is that ideology when you when you first get into bitcoin you're excited about the freedom aspect it's you know peer-to-peer money monero carries that torch way more than bitcoin does at the current moment uh i think culturally there is way more mass appeal but you got to be careful mass appeal oftentimes can completely destroy a movement bitcoin is going through that right now my concern is that bitcoin instead of being a tool for freedom becomes just another tool of surveillance becomes just another tool for banking establishments to basically uh, propagate the same system they have just in a 2.0. See, that's the part people don't understand. These same tools could be used to create totalitarian regimes just as much as they can create abundance and you know uh, liberty for all. And I'm very, very, very cautious seeing as the world is just jumping ahead that there's a lot of people who culturally could care less about you know the the economic or political impacts of cryptocurrency as long as they get more money you know you're talking about people who don't actually utilize the cryptocurrencies they promote they're just a youtube video for them to preach a bunch of talking points to their followers just so that they can you know have their robinhood account increase in dollar denominated value that's not utilization and people seem to forget that without a utilization you're just selling you know vaporware uh, you need that utilization for the long-term impact cryptocurrencies don't mean nothing if it just becomes another gambling um, instrument you see i'm a strong believer that cryptocurrency is an equality it, it equalizes the playing field for central banking. Central banking basically extracts wealth from nations by creating and taking over money supply. You now have an opposition to that in the most peaceful revolution you've ever seen, but people would rather create a, a would rather sell that out as long as their amount increases. And, and that's the sad part that I'm seeing a lot culturally in the whole cryptocurrency space as a whole. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, I, I think that's human nature. I think that's initially w- is what got Bitcoin off the ground, right? Uh, or took it from from pure ideology to uh, the next stage. So the fact that people can make money off of it, and I do think that's what bootstrapped a lot of it was the greed. Uh, and I totally get that, and I appreciate that as being, uh, you know, a, a big part of why this this system has the potential to actually uh, make a global impact and, you know, quote unquote, fight the powers that be because the incentives align. But I think in Bitcoin, yeah, I think I think the number go up uh, dial has been too f- turned too far to the right to the point where it's it's starting yeah. to work against its own system and perhaps make it more uh, easier to co-opt. Do you think Bitcoin has been co-opted, essentially? Oh, absolutely. The way I put it is peer-to-peer money is a threat to the banking cartel. Absolutely. It takes away their power. Digital instruments, digital investment instruments, digital gold is just another instrument for the same financial institutions to sell to people. If you 
get disenfranchised. Your opinion doesn't matter and you get taken off every payment platform, every social media. You, with cryptocurrency, can still accept payments. You can still make a livelihood. With digital 2.0, there's a very slippery slope that we're starting to see. Ten years ago, if I explained to people that people would get deplatformed for having the wrong political opinion, you were considered a fringe, um, you know, paranoid uh, freedom absolutist, right? You were basically just kind of tinfoil hat wearing person saying, oh, they're going to shut down your freedoms, right? But the reality is there is a modern shilling effect. Right now, there is opinions that can't be shared. There are certain topics that not only get you demonetized, but completely. I mean, we've all seen the issue with PayPal. My concern is that powerful institutions don't fight powerful grassroots movements directly. They infiltrate them, bastardize them, create a cancer that slowly turns that movement against its own best interest. Easiest way that I would, if I was trying to make sure Bitcoin's original vision didn't work, would be infiltrated, change the narrative around we don't need vendor adoption. In fact, what we need is we all hold it, we get rich, because there is no staying power the moment that regulation decides to change the winds. If right now they change regulation and enough people are using Bitcoin, farmers markets, garage sales, there's too many people who rely on it to be able to effectively stop it. By focusing on numbers go up, by focusing on it as an investment vehicle only without utility side of it, you run into a lot of the co-opting that wouldn't have been possible in the early days. Monero's gotten de-listed you know, from multiple exchanges, and it still continues to live. Why? It becomes anti-fragile the more that it focuses on its key product offering, which is digital money. My concern is not that, hey, you know, they, I, you know, Bitcoin, my concern is that it does become the world reserve currency. And it has a lot of impact if it does, but not necessarily good impact if we're not careful. I agree, man. I agree. I was talking to a guy the other day at a, at a Monero meetup, um, somebody I had never met before. And yeah, he was asking me about, you know, the banning and, uh, you know, whether or not that's a concern that, you know, Monero could be, you know, uh, basically regulated to the point where it's effectively banned. Um, and, you know, what, what I would do if that happened. Right. And my answer to him is, you know, I would, I would, I would keep using it. Right. And uh, I told him the question is, you know, you know, what would, what would you do? Right. That, that's the real question. Right. Yeah. This is what you got to ask yourself is because I feel like a, a lot a lot of people are obviously concerned about this. And I think it really yeah. comes down to the concern of, you know, they, they want to uh, obviously instinctively pr protect their wealth and. For them, but let me tell you something. To argue Based that you know this is this is going to you know this is this is something it's a necessary tool uh, that that we need to protect you know the 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 impending dystopia that that's that's uh, you know on the horizon with regard. What does that remind you of, though? What, Remember no, Bitcoin in the early days. Exactly, exactly. That's 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 basically the spiel I ended up giving him. But you know, how do we? 
uh, are there enough people like you and I and, you know, some of the other hardcore Monero people for it to uh, overcome this basically, you know, that, that most are, are lack of enthusiasm that most people have with regards to fighting for, for Liberty Tech? But see, that's the thing. We live in unprecedented times and you used to 20, 30 years ago, be able to just completely zone out of the landscape. By that, I mean, you honestly could live a very happy life without politics, economic factors affecting you. I'm in a generation that has seen parents lose fortunes, lose their livelihoods since 2008. I've seen, you know, climb up whatever working your professional life just to have social standards basically fall farther and further. I've seen economic things go from comfortable, you know, uh, living to basically inflation's now ridiculous. I don't think necessarily the driver needs to be force people to use tools, but the tools are there. And slowly and slowly but surely, people get pushed further and further where they realize they need options, they need tools. And that's what I think the greatest driver now is out of necessity. The fact that payments processors, you know, if you were to go out and publish a book today and it said controversial things, whether it was something that wasn't deemed appropriate for a lot of the marketplaces um, and retailers, you could lose your ability to accept payments. That wasn't something that happened 10, 20 years ago. 10, 20 years ago, you outside of like directly being a publisher for a criminal enterprise or a wanted criminal, you had free speech and nobody was going to stop you, especially at the platform level. That is no longer the case. And what happens when you maybe consume content that is deemed um, politically incorrect, right? You what? Now, not only the person producing the book, now the person reading it, the person ordering it. We're slowly shaping not into a landscape where the laws matter in regards to them banning Monero, for example. We're in a landscape where you could live, lose your livelihood as a person who works a nine-to-five job for having the wrong opinions or for not parading the right talking points. When have we lived that in society? We now have the icing effect that we had post you know, um, Edward Snowden era about free speech and censorship, but we have it now due to social pressures. Whether the government made Monero illegal tomorrow or whether there is social ramifications for your career for speaking about certain political topics, at the end of the day, both those have the same end result. You lose your livelihood. So what do you tell the people that you know are concerned about Monero potentially being banned? What is your response to them? We've been down the road on this before with Bitcoin, right? Two, you're going to see a lot of regulation try to wrap its head around controlling entities. When you have a platform that claims to be DeFi, but it's controlled by one person pushing code, that's not a that's a party that's kind of in control of that system, right? Uh, we saw this play out with the tornado OFAC issues, right? Um, the developer arrested, which is kind of unprecedented, but they're pushing the envelope based on who's the responsible party. Monero is one of the the most pure projects next to Bitcoin in terms of there's really not a party who's responsible for it. It's it is a grassroots movement. 
that's something that's majorly important. People are worried that, you know, how are they going to regulate that away? You have a grassroots movement that wasn't funded on an ICO. It's a community thing. There's no foundation of developers taking a tax out of every transaction. That's not the case here. You have a grassroots movement. So whenever the regulation looks into regulating, they're focusing on the DeFi space and regulating entities that have amassed a lot of control and power in the industry. Monero is a pure cryptocurrency. By its regard, it has less attack surface than a lot of the existing parties out there. What people fail to realize because we live in this space is we're constantly getting bombarded by new news and we can differentiate between all these things. For most people in charge of regulating away and acting upon and creating more control structures, cryptocurrency is literally Bitcoin. Now they're getting around to understanding, oh, and Ethereum and other tokens. The underlying understanding of it is going to be very hard to regulate. What they regulate is fiat on and off ramps, the same way that they do for gold, silver, or anything of high value. The that That's honestly what I would kind of focus on when people have these fears, because we've been down this path with Bitcoin. Honestly, I believe it was riskier back in the day because there was zero precedence. The legal precedence, as long, at least in the U.S., is that we're slowly seeing the distinction between cryptocurrencies and what they're going to try to claim are crypto securities. Because you see the SEC, how they're aligning themselves is they want to reduce the impact that any non-grassroots movement have because they have a vested interest in, in basically seeing Bitcoin be the front runner. That's okay. Monero doesn't fall into that camp category. No one got an ICO for Monero. There's no Monero Foundation, you know. There's no central developer organization that's in charge of its success or not. That's how they regulate. That's how they create, uh, you know, destructive policies. What they can do, which, as we mentioned earlier, is the delisting or maybe include harder and harder policies when it comes to on and off ramps. But the reality is, Monero is better than a lot of cryptocurrencies in that you literally can treat it as cash. Your liability for accepting it is no longer figure out if the funds came. It's cash. Cash reporting requirements have existed for the longest time. If you create a car wash today that only accepts cash, you are 100% you know, legal. All these requirements make more sense when you consider Monero cash than a lot of these other cryptocurrencies. 100%. 100%. What do you say to, to to people that really just don't give a shit about the you know uh, cash utility? You know, people that don't really think this this concept of of cash matters, whether in physical or, or digital form. I think that for a lot of people, that cash doesn't matter until they realize that they're not able to spend their money as they see fit. Or that they, for example, cannot earn it as they see fit. I think that there is a large enough percentage of our population who would never really get away from the cash equivalent, right? We know that CBDCs are coming down the pipeline. I mean, it's in every, it's been uh, telegram or telegraphed so, so obviously that that's the next in line. But people realize that, you know, this is basically like a worse off cryptocurrency. 
right? Like cryptocurrency minus the, the freedom to utilize as you see fit. Uh, so I think that's very odd because it's a distinction of the only way to properly enforce that would be regulatory wise, making it illegal to not use CBDCs and only crypto, you know, would not be allowed. But it's basically admitting defeat and forcing your hand, which is just not good for governments or regulation regulators to do, because if they show their hand too powerful, it ends up backlashing and then they lose all the momentum they've worked up to. Uh, for the cash portion of it is online, cash doesn't matter anyways, right? Uh, we move towards a digital economy, and the whole concept of cash is a bearer instrument. There are justifications for why cash matters as a utility for accepting payments that credit cards, for example, don't. Uh, apart from the credit card fees, some of it is, you, you know, uh, if you're a vendor that deals in different uh, retail spaces and stuff like digital goods, you might have uh, a lot of fraud chargebacks and things like that. And that hurts your ability to be profitable. We need an ability to have, you know, bearer instruments digitally traded back and forth for value. And that's where I believe that, you know, having a cash equivalent online is important. Not because people, yeah, you know, they could care less about spending cash, having cash. A lot of people don't use cash, for example, in the U.S. compared to other countries. Um, but the ability to have a bearer instrument that is not an IOU is radically important. It doesn't matter to a lot of people because they see an abstraction of that money when they accept a credit card, for example. But the reality is that credit card maybe sits in somebody else's account as accounts receivable for 30 days once it finally clears. That's too slow for a lot of businesses. That's too much risk. There is a complete you know, advantage to being able to have those digital bearer instruments. So you know, that's kind of what I consider cash. It's an analog bearer instrument. We have the digital versions of it now. There is utility to it, and that's why it kind of matters apart from just, you know, the obvious of privacy, um, you know, in cash. So which utility aspect of digital cash do you think will will really be the, you know, the, the thing that takes us to the, from the minority to the majority? Is it going to be uh, this, this privacy aspect or some of these other aspects you're talking about? The privacy, I think, is very important for just the aspect of, you know, in a world where, in, in a future world, where ordering a burger, you know, a hamburger made of beef could maybe get you fired because it's not politically sensitive enough. And there kind of is a need for being able to purchase things without everybody piling on and making your livelihood, you know, at stake. A lot of people like to throw Monero under this bus of it's a crime coin, you know, for criminals. The reality is no. The reality is we live in a world where criminals get to use the banking system, but everyday law-abiding people are demonized for their politics, opinions, religion, and we're silenced. And that silence also has an effect on how people spend money. That's why there's a radical need for private money. Not because oh, the illegal illegal markets will always exist in society, and that's a complete different topic. The topic is we have legal markets that can't be served. We have content um, producers who can't get on YouTube, who probably can't get on Spotify. Why? 
uh, because it's not the correct political opinion. And this is going to accelerate. What we're seeing is basically economic warfare. When you're in war, what's most radically important? Having good weapons. If we're at a cold economic war between political parties, people, different classes, people are going to you know, quickly move to be, towards the best tool. And that's why I don't think necessarily there needs to be a push for, oh, you got to use this because, you know, if people have no need for it, they shouldn't. But when they realize how much easier it is to accept payments, for example, accepting Monero, than it is setting up a credit card payment processor, having your PayPal account uh, frozen until you send in more information, KYC laws regarding money transmitter laws, there is such a hassle in today's day and age. There is, such, there is risk. There is a social risk today's day and age to running a business. 10, 20 years ago, you just set up your LLC. You start running a business. You make money. You call it a day. In today's day and age, you are not in the algorithm. You don't make money. You don't pay the right you know, whatever promotion. You don't get the right amount of traffic. We actually live in a less free world. People talk about a future dystopia. What future dystopia? We're in a dystopia right now. It kills me that we think it's going to get worse before people wake up. People already know. We just don't share it. Do you think we, you know, people go into their place of work and discuss the fact that it's very hard living in this dystopia? No. We all put on the same fake smile. We all put on the same blank stare. Like we enjoy the TV shows, the messages that politicians bring us. The reality is people want to truth. People want to be able to have freedom. People clamor for being able to discuss things like we did back in the day. Out in the open, being able to have a business. That's the problem. Is it's, it's not only the problem of in the distant future. It's right now. It is very hard for you to start a business. Good words, man. Good words. But how do we, how do we get... So you're, you're saying that most people... Are on some level are, are aware that they're they're living in a dystopia. They're living, you know, the tyranny is is growing. But yet, uh, you know, I ask you again, you know, what do we do or say to get people to to take action? Then, right? If people are aware, you're saying it's just it's just going to have to come out of a true need when when their backs are actually up against the wall. That and I think connection, connection is needed. And you know, we talk a lot about uh, from a technical standpoint. What good is a peer-to-peer -peer network if your node is not connected to enough nodes? Absolutely nothing. You're isolated in your own little corner of the world. We have become isolated people. We are isolated because we're online all the time, but online connections are not the same. We are devoid of those networks which we used to have as a society. I think we are going to see a, reish, uh, uh, a renaissance of, of what I would consider the in real life interaction, you do these meetups with, you know, the Monero meetups, right? People probably come in and they're like, oh, I heard about this. There is a lot more what I would consider viral marketing standpoint from people interacting, talking and all this. All it takes is enough people understanding there's better tools whenever their favorite author gets banned or, you know, oh, I can't listen to the radio because they keep removing everyone that I like, that sort of thing. I think inherently it's being able to educate people on how there's um, better tools for what they're trying to do. It's only a matter of time before people catch on that, oh, uh, payment processors has become way too 
overly sensitive and no one can actually use it to make money unless you're a huge corporation. Well, they're going to go, what are the alternatives? A bunch of little fly-by-night credit card processing companies. And then they realize, oh, I can accept crypto. Oh, okay. Well, I will. And then they realize that there's all sorts of new problems because, oh, maybe transaction fees are too high. Or maybe I have to then worry about where the source of funds are because I deposited my money from selling selling t-shirts and next thing i know they're asking me why i have hacked funds and money moved from an account that was you know hacked from an exchange then they start to ask well is there something that does it better and that's where monero kind of comes in i think there's a natural progression of that but there is you know i think we're called to do good against evil right i would just say it i think we live in unprecedented times where powerful individuals are going against what is inherently good and we have to kind of make a stand and fight. You know, I see that as there is a space which cares about privacy and freedom, and that is instru instrumental in being able to have happy, fulfilling lives where people are able to do what makes them happy, live very fulfilling lives. And now you're seeing that there's a push against that, right? So I, I think everyone finds their own niche that's able to fulfill that. For me, Monero is important. There's a lot of other privacy uh, tools that are important. And as a whole, I want to help push that because I think it empowers people to live fulfilling lives. When the moment comes when those tools are absolutely necessary, those tools are ready to go. What do you think about you know the the factions within the the crypto privacy community, right? So you have Monero, you have other you know quote unquote privacy coins. You have you know the privacy uh, quote unquote solutions for Bitcoin uh, and all these things. They're 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 different and essentially competing projects. And you know there's arguments for why competition is certainly good. But do you think there's a need to for these communities to coalesce so that we're stronger as a united, larger community that's using these tools? Or do you think uh, not not really a problem? Let, let them compete and eventually we'll all arrive at something. I wish people would realize that divide and conquer tactics are some of the most utilized by powerful institutions to break away grassroots movements. Mm -hmm. We went from, you know... Uh, you divide and conquer to break into smaller groups. Now the smaller groups completely become disenfranchised. There's no movement. It's a bunch of different opinions fighting each other. And you know what? The people who created the divide and conquer tactics basically get to control the narrative. I see that it's something very dangerous and it's coming from other people. You know, there's Bitcoiners want to attack Monero. Why? Because if we attack Monero, then people will come back to the one true coin and then it will go to the moon because then we'll have Lightning Network and we'll all make millions and millions of dollars a coin and everyone will buy it. You're buying, you know, the problem with that is you're, you've lost track of what makes your coin or tool that you think is imperative to the freedom. And you're basically attacking people who agree, they just disagree on what the best tool is. And I think that the tribal problem with that really creates a lot of lost energy. If half the people who hated on Monero because they're Bitcoin maximalists use that energy to create a better tool to fight whatever, you know, what it, create a better tool for tomorrow, why is that wasted energy going in Monero? Why? Because they feel angry that the price action isn't doing what it's supposed to. And who are they going to blame? Oh, these other coins. I think a lot of people are just angry that they're not making millions of dollars off of just buying a coin and holding it. Without realizing that what gave a lot of these cryptocurrencies power in the first place and money was basically 
there was a future and all this potential. And people forget the potential needs to be kept being built or else you're kind of falling behind. Do you love coffee and Monero as much as we do? Consider making gratuitous.org your daily cup. Pay with Monero for premium fresh beans. And if you like what you taste, send a digital cash tip directly to the Guatemalan farmers that made it possible. Proceeds help us grow this channel, gratuitous, and Monero. Yeah, man, that's... You know, it's sometimes I feel like a hypocrite, right? Because, uh, you know, you're, you, I, I was a Bitcoiner, became a Monero guy, you know, for all the reasons that you're talking about here today. Uh, and then we make these arguments as to why Monero is different than Bitcoin. Um, you know, it's fundamentally different. But then these, these other projects come along, right? These other privacy coins come along. And it's, I find myself making the same arguments that BTC Maxis make, right? And to how we need to just concentrate mm -hmm. on Monero. How do you, how do you uh, just, you know, weigh those things? I, when new stuff comes out, I get excited about it. You know, like a new coin comes out and I, there's, there's just something very fun about being able to see new technology, see if there's merit. We become very jaded the longer you've been in the space. Why? Because you get so used to fly by night promises that, hey, we created this new coin that's super scalable, ultra decentralized, hard monetary policies, but it could have a million transactions per second. And next thing you know is it's literally a white paper and no one ever wrote any code to it. We become jaded and we've got to be careful about becoming jaded because part of the Monero community and what makes it special is people kind of have agreed Monero is the best tool for digital money and this is why we preach it. But if there ever came a better tool and it was absolutely better, we kind of jump on that tool because that's the tool for the end of it. You know, like um, it, it, something that keeps Monero alive as a growing entity, as, as a product that becomes, you know, fresh depending on new improvements is the fact that Monero tends to look at what's the next best thing and how can we can integrate it. It's battle-tested technology, but it's always improving. That's very important to also as you know an individual see because, hell, you could see that there's a new project and they do something very cool, important, and you could see how it could maybe built and be brought over to Monero, something that a lot of Bitcoiners have forgotten. You know, stealth addresses originally was a concept for Bitcoin, for example, and it wasn't. It didn't really take off. Uh, Monero has a lot of its strength because of different proposals that maybe we're going to go to different coins, and they eventually made their way here. Um, so I think we kind of have to be careful about you know that same maximalism needs to be taken based on the merit. But you know, I I you know it's for example, I've been in the space for a while. I do different things, maybe like in the Ethereum network. I, I I take a look at different projects that might come out and stuff. I don't get as excited a lot of a lot of stuff in the Ethereum space because there is, you know, a kind of lack of um, what I call, consider innovation. Everything kind of stagnated towards after the original DeFi and, you know, that we're gonna, all going to get rich by literally copying and pasting what the next guy is doing kind of just bores me. It's not long-lasting impact, right? Um so, yeah, there's a lot of privacy coins that come and go. 
I get excited for some, some maybe not as much. They each might have their own different, you know, problems. Uh, but it, it's important to keep an open mind. You know, I wish I had more time to to see all of them as they come out and get to spend more time messing with them and stuff, right? Some of them have very cool, you know, and it's very hard to see whether it's all marketing gimmicks or there's lasting potential in there. Because we've been in the space a long time. It's very hard. We become jaded. And I'm like, oh, man, another promise of everything under the sun, plus it's private, right? Mm-hmm. But there's always what if, right? Hell, man, we wouldn't have ended up in the Monero space if we hadn't had that open mind, right? Yeah. Remember, no, Monero. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes I feel like a hypocrite. But you know, I justified in that I, I think that the network effect is, is a tremendous, tremendous factor. And the only reason why I was willing to overcome that with Monero is because I think it, you know, offers something that's 10x better in terms of going from a transparent ledger to an obfuscated one. And then with these other privacy projects, yeah. I just don't see how, you know, it's just, it's just all right, more obfuscated. You know, it's like it's already been it's already been done, and it has the network effect. That's that's how. You know, I, I personally look at it. So, like some of these other privacy coin projects, I like think what, network effect is important. Yeah. So, what what would you say to you know people that are maybe new new to the scene that are looking at privacy coins, they're looking at Monero, but then they're also interested in in other privacy coin projects? What's your your advice to people kind of weighing what the, where I they, think it's uh, concentrating. Honestly, sometimes is it's I'm terrible at this that I. When I really become curious, I like to set up a VM somewhere, run a node, see what it's like, see what the util. And you know, there's something nostalgic because you know, keep in mind, a lot of the early days there was zero documentation for stuff. Some of these early projects, I mean, it's fun. I enjoy it. You know, it's it's the hell run as node. There's zero documentation. There's zero, uh, you know, uh, the the build tools are basically like, yeah, just build this. I'm like, who the hell built this on Windows? I can't there's no dependency list half the stuff is broken um but i think it's it's keeping an open eye because you know there's a lot of projects that just come and go and they try to promote why because they just want the price to go up but there's always the chance that some projects could have technology that is very uh, you know uh game changing right or maybe an implementation that's game changing you know uh, i for one for example i don't think DeFi needs to come to Monero because it kind of goes against its core principle. If you, the moment you start having smart contracts inherently running like in Monero, you lose some of the privacy preserving concepts of like anonymizing the anon sets, right? Like not everything looks the same. All of a sudden you might have a contract that does things differently. It, it makes it hard. But with that note, you know, I'd be interested in a smart contract platform that's, you know, a lot more private or at least shielded in some way, you know, because I think that's important and that serves a certain, you know, that's not taking market share from Monero, for example. Um, I think there's very few contenders in the space that have come up with exactly the same idea for digital money in the way Monero does. Monero has taken an approach of, we will add new technology and merge it into our code base once it's battle tested, Right. But at the same time, it does it doesn't rush to oh something's brand new and so because of that we'll jump on it because you never know you know Mimble Wimble for example has some issues with uh, having to have nodes online and things of the sort right there's different 
issues with okay there's not enough people but say they had a huge anon set of, of people using it because transactions there's different attack surfaces there's different offerings that stuff offers i think i think it's important to take a look at but the reality is there's no one that even pales in comparison with utilization and real world usage when it when privacy matters monero is the front runner by far how about the uh, stablecoin, privacy stablecoins, the uh, attempt to, to create something like that? Do you think that there's something there or it's uh, a distraction? I Privacy coins, the hardest part is you always have risk associated with a counterparty. And, you know, I, I know they try to mitigate that with uh, having algorithmic based ones that have burn mechanisms based on exchange rate and things like that, right? I personally, and this is a, personal opinion i just never get excited about you know the the stable side of it it makes sense in some DeFi applications for you know creating yields and things like that but i mean you don't need it for a native online i mean i for example i see cryptocurrencies as an escape from endless liquidity creation by private entities running banking systems well how does that protect you if you're still basically inherently just having dollars and maybe you know in a lot of stables there is a counterparty risk because someone at the end of the day has to have the exact equivalent you know to be able to have that you run into issues where it's either fractionally ran and then you get short squeezes that destroy the peg or it basically relies on a central institution whether it's like gusd or the circle um uh you know um what is it um usdc or if you you know uh binance usd or whatever um i just i'm not a big fan personally because i don't i don't necessarily want to be dealing directly in dollars even when something's direct you know dollar denominated i just I'm, i don't get as excited about it i do see its powerful impact and sometimes it makes sense in 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 certain types of like DeFi space for increasing liquidity for certain things but i'm personally not i don't get excited about it we should be uh we shouldn't value our, our crypto and in, in fiat that's basically what you're saying right it's a natural thing for people to do though i think everybody does it to some extent right what? uh it's just unit of account i don't i i think it's very hard for you to have a stable coin that doesn't have a counterparty risk and I'm into cryptocurrency because it's a bare instrument. Stable coins inherently are not bearer instruments. Mm -hmm. That's the the biggest problem. I think what makes cryptocurrencies valuable is that it's a digital bearer instrument that nobody can just forcefully take from your freeze. Stables inherently are very difficult to create where they have those same properties. Do you think these algorithmic ones are, are then even possible or you just think it's kind of theoretically impossible? I never say never, but I I don't think it's – I think it's a difficult thing and I just think there is trade-offs. So definitely can be done, but there is some trade-offs when it comes to counterparty risk and basically being able to have your own – like hold your wealth. And because those those – you know, trade-offs, I don't necessarily get excited because I know it is a trade-off and I'd rather have something that is mine that I hold than something that's lightly held in the same regard, right? The same idea, if you would ask somebody, um, 
would they rather hold gold themselves or hold it at their local bank, you know, safe or whatever? I, I mean, it, it merit, there is merit to having it in your safe. You don't lose it. People can't steal it from you. But I think at the end of the day, it's if you really care about being able to hold your wealth, you wouldn't even think about, you know, weakening that proposition or that, that uh, feature. I think cryptocurrencies, like I said, the bearer instrument portion of it is so powerful. And that's what gives it a lot of value and people forget. What do you think a Monero world looks like, man? If, uh, you know, if, if we truly get there, uh, if we go from niche to I think mainstream. I think just more adoption necessarily, right? Like I'm, I'm cause I, I really, I don't get as excited as I did in my earlier days in cryptocurrency about like the, what I would call the moon boys first fantasy, right? You're like, you know, if the, if the price of my, this coin goes up, and you're calculating stuff on a calculator, you're like, if it only goes up this much, we're going to be able to have this much money and all this, right? And I think uh, it, it draws a lot of people in, and I think there is merit to wanting to increase your wealth. Um, but I think the part that really gets what I would consider... Uh, Monero is an adopt, it, it gains a lot more power the more that it's adopted, right? Because the part people don't get at heart, I'm an entrepreneur, right? Like, I want there to be an easier money to accept online than credit cards. The more people that use it, the easier it is for me to start a business. I don't want to have to rely on a banking establishment to process credit cards and then ask me, oh, I don't want to have to worry about, well, if I want to sell my product on this website I just created, then I have to go through Meta and deal with their policy. Oh, wait, they won't let me unless you send them a passport photo, right? We've become, it's so hard to run a business. We need the freedom to be able to live the American dream. I think the more people that you accept, uh, that use use right i didn't say hold use cryptocurrencies the easier it is to be able to live that dream so for me that monero dream is a world where so many people are utilizing cryptocurrencies and it's so easy to alternate between whatever coins they want or whatever that i can accept monero and there's enough people that can utilize it to sell services and products without having to worry about oh well i what i got i still got to accept credit cards all this i hate it you know i want to live in a world where the, the cryptocurrency is so normalized that outside of us front runners of, oh, uh, a crypto only shop are able to purchase and sell, right? What do you think it looks like socially, though? I mean, is it going to have, obviously, we think it's going to have an impact on society, right? It's going to yield more liberty. I mean, it just, do you have any like thoughts, uh, visions of what, what, a, what a Monero world will actually look like when, you know, when people are using it to transact on a daily basis, like it's, it's gonna, it's obviously gonna affect a lot of things. Uh, you know, there's, there's going to be bad that comes with the good as well, but, but overall, what do you paint? Can, can you paint a picture for us using your, you know, your creative aspect? <laughs> oh, do you want like the romanticized version? The oh, pros, the maybe. wake up in the morning, cup of, what is of coffee that you paid for in Monero? 
I mean, is it, you know, because the, the, the argument, because uh, f- fundamentally, this is kind of what it comes down to, right? We need people to understand. I, we, we, we see it in our own minds, right? The, the positivity that's coming with this. But that's really going to be the argument yeah. at the end of the day is do we want a Monero world or not? Because the technology exists and now it's just up to people to adopt it. But you have these political arguments that are already starting to take place and they'll take place more and more as to why, you know, maybe we should be fearful of something like a Monero, right? It could be used for so many bad things, right? I mean, uh, you know, it could be used to fund terrorism. It could be used to dark markets will be bigger than ever, right? But how do we, you know, uh, what what does the positive version look like? You know, I, I know what it looks like, but I, I want to hear you uh, describe it. Yeah, sorry, just checking what that buzz was. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, no, the, sorry, I forgot to put on Don't Disturb, and I was like, what's, um, I, I think that that future world where we're, you know, accepting it um, and being in a yeah, there's always going to be pushback, but I think we fail to realize that every fiat system has always failed after a certain amount of time, right? And the whole point, and this is fine, call it an opinion, is that fiat currency exists for one goal and one goal only, and it is to enrich the people who are at the helm of the printing press to completely extract any value and riches from a country, its people, and its resources until it collapses and you roll on to the next gimmick. The thing is, if we are at those late stages in fiat currency, is the next gimmick is CBDCs which are inherently, as far as I'm concerned, a worse version of literally any cryptocurrency that exists. You thought it was a pain in the butt to accept or send payments or explain to your grandma how to send Bitcoin payments. Wait till it's the same thing except, oh yeah, by the way, now the Fed can uh, you know, airdrop you money, but if you don't spend it, uh, also, it can just completely uh, remove access to it if um, you know you posted something that was a non-approved meme on social network. I think the moment we reach that is inherently CBDCs are having to compete in the free market. And no amount of regulatory hand-waving or no amount of controlling you know, the, the what I would consider normie space zeitgeist is ever going to be able to override that. Right, you could tell somebody today and back that the sky is not blue. Hell, I might even say it in front of the correct people just so I don't lose my job. <laughs> but we all know the sky is blue, and behind closed doors, when we go to the farmer's market on the weekend or when we have a garage sale, we all know the sky is blue and we have no problem admitting it. Now might be a good time to uh play one of your songs man which uh which do you recommend <laughs> oh the system oh, I'm trying to remember i i like the system let's play yeah because it's got ron paul on it <laughs> let's play the system it isn't the prosperity that motivates me i do know and if prosperity is my goal, the freer society is, the better it is for us. I understand that. But my biggest concern, of course, when I see what's happening is a threat to our personal liberty. And I have always argued, I would argue the case for liberty, because for me, it's a moral issue. It's not a pragmatic issue. I would argue the case for liberty because I just want to be left alone. 
The system doesn't give a fuck about me. About me. I turn on television. What the fuck I see? What I My see. propaganda funded by the stakeholders. stakeholders. I don't have a voice. I don't really have a choice. No choice. I'm making money by my way until I'm free. Until but I'm every hundred dollars, they gon' need to see ID. Created regulation only protected the corporations, preventing competition, then expecting high taxation. Taxes. Getting tasked to give funding, so my neighbors hate me. Created identity politics and no way to stop the hunger for real change from a system meant to enslave. Money printer buried American dream in a shallow grave. Not the next man, blame the blind man. Yeah. Two brothers in common, but we gon' fight, man. Your team ain't my team, so we fucking gang gang. Instead of realizing that we both getting fucked, man Your money turns worthless And the bankers fucking laugh Half the Fed to provide liquidity Till the balance sheet look like a meme coin grab YOLO And then they started chanting And the Fed You see inflation robs you Your children Their children's Ability to have a good standard of living Ever since 1971 Systematically it's been created To make you a debt slave So you don't have a good standard of living And shit I just want a happy life To raise a couple of good kids with a pretty wife pretty in a wife. good neighborhood yeah. with a value system that makes them wise makes but lately wise. feel like all that we do is survive god help me have wisdom and all the strength cause all the strength. world fucked up and i don't know if i can just survive survive y'all got me fucked up fucked up and if it's yours against mine, we gon' rise Motherfucker, please, I ain't afraid to die To stand for what I believe in Promise that and doesn't matter to the fact You can fucking flip it back How many times they gon' make us feel alone Lately I feel crazy, still up in my zone How many times they gon' make us feel alone Lately I feel crazy, still up in my zone They don't give a fuck about us The founding fathers had it right you give them the banks, they gon' fucking take the world. You give a man a bank, and he can rob the world. In the fair, in the fair. You give a man a bank, and he can rob the world, and he can rob the world. Angle is. Uh, of course, I want to live in a prosperous manner, peacefully, and uh, and uh, have as much enjoyment as possible. Um, but it isn't the prosperity that motivates me. I do know that if prosperity is my goal, the freer society is, the better it is for us. I, under, I under, understand that. But my biggest concern, of course, when I see what's happening is a threat to our personal liberty. And I have always argued, I would argue the case for liberty, because for me it's a moral issue, it's not a pragmatic issue. I would argue the case for liberty because I just want to be left alone. That's what I want to be. <laughs> Hey, that was good, man. That was good. Yeah, I'm actually, um, what I'm working on is I have a, because uh, I had an album that I just released and then I'm fixing, I have all my music on a hidden service, by the way, if I know, if anybody knows the, uh, call it Milk Road and, you know, it's, uh, the freshest, uh, music, right? And, uh, but yeah, no, I upload all, all the music I, I do for free as a hidden service on tour. I usually will release music um via the hidden service before everywhere else just as like an early thing uh but yeah i was also working on a um a peer-to-peer -peer version of that uh called milk wire 
So the whole idea is kind of like a truly decentralized music platform um, with the ability for people to directly publish. You know, there's a lot of movement. It's not directly the uh, super privacy preserving because it's very hard to do a lot of these uh, stuff, especially with like IPFS. There's some cool stuff like uh, Onioner that um, I think Kevin was working on, right? Uh, which is basically like a peer-to-peer -peer mesh network with all, you know, Onion routed and it just basically for peer-to-peer -peer file sharing in a private way. Um, but yeah, no, I'm working on uh, Milkwire with a focus on on being able to publish music and further on for podcast and video distribution uh, and allow people to kind of directly publish that uh, because a lot of that stuff already exists basically in the Web3 space. Just nobody's put it all together. The problem is a lot of people see the short-sighted cash and completely forget that if they ignore that for a little bit, you can actually make a lot more money creating a platform where everybody wins. So I see that there's a problem with distribution. There's so many middlemen for distribution that uh, if if you were able to normalize people going directly to consumer, you know, farm fresh milk, yeah, milk wire. It's farm fresh content directly from people. Um, and I'll add a little bit of an incentive for people to be able to monetize directly uh, and cut out all the middlemen because we live in a world where anybody should just be able to run their music software on their computer and have direct from uh, publisher music. And let's cut out the Spotify's and Apple music of the world who don't really want to promote independent artists. Just cut them out. There's no need. And I think eventually it might even... Uh, uh, extend out to anybody who needs to be able to have distribution for podcasting or streaming or anything of that matters. So yeah, I'm also working on that, focusing on music just to be able to kind of directly publish without having to deal with intermediaries, um, you know, because it's, it's difficult, but yeah, no, I, um, I, Oh, eventually I'll, I'll sell shirts also on the, on the hidden service. So my merch is only available for Monero uh, you know, on the hidden service uh, for people that want that. And shipping is such a terrible nightmare, but I uh, figured some stuff out. So I should be going live with that soon. Awesome, man. I mean, that, that Milk, milk Road is <laughs> yeah. a big project, huh? Uh, milk Road is just the easy one because it's literally just uploading the music and, and some uh, point of sale, you know, uh, shopping cart stuff. Uh, Milkwire is, yeah, I'm Milk definitely wire. excited about that since so Milkwire. I yeah, it's honestly, I find it so hard to find. Uh, I, I have a producer who I'm doing the next album with, um, an awesome guy and just, you know, works for Monero and um, awesome beats and everything. And it's just, I found getting clearance for a lot of instrumentals and buying beat licenses and stuff is such a nightmare. PayPal started to become a nightmare to deal with even before all this stuff uh, where it's very hard for, you know, beat producers to get paid or to find people because everything is just middlemen taking 10, 20% fees every step of the way. Um, there really is a need for what I would, you know, especially musicians to be able to be a drivers of culture. I'm, I'm just sick and tired of seeing culture become kind of this predatory thing where, free expression and stuff is just, Hey, if you don't play by what's hot right now, we just won't put you in the mix. There is a need for smart culture, music, art, which is beautiful, right? I think art's supposed to be an expression of the human um, condition. And by inherently art should be beautiful. And I see that art is just terrible. Why? Because content 
you know, middlemen get to choose what gets promoted and what doesn't. So instead of arguing their playing field, let's just create our own. You're an artist, man. You're an artist. <laughs> Crypto anarchist artist. Are there, are there, Isn't are there... it beautiful? And then they ask, what's he up to? And I say, oh, guys, <laughs> I'm just a rapper. I just, I just want to rap, man. <laughs> who is who is Crypto Bear, man? Do we ever do we ever find out? Ah, probably at some point eventually, right? Yeah, it's, it's it'd be too hard otherwise. But it seems like you're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> or, or do people know? Am I just not in the know? Or are you are you doing a good job? I think you are. You did a hell I think of. A I'm job. doing a good job. Yeah, man. I don't think you like that at Monerotopia. I don't think you gave anything away in terms of your identity is what I'm saying. I think, uh, you st- nope. no, it's, uh, that was tough, man. You know, traveling with all the Monero merch was tough too. I don't know how you did it. You know, I, I was selling ski mask and I'm pretty sure airport security, when they went through all this stuff and everything, they were just having a field day with that. What the hell is this? <laughs> so I'm pretty sure some TSA agents know, but they don't really know. What do they know? They know. What do you, what do you think, man? You think we can get you at the next Monerotopia? Depends where it's uh travel is so hard. You guys the last Monerotopia was like such a time where it was like just so much easier to travel. Everything's just getting crazy again. But I'll put it maybe. I'll put it maybe. You know, I'd love to go if it was such a simple thing, but there's so Traveling for for especially the Monero related stuff, uh, it's it's a little bit harder behind the scenes for me. All right, we could we could talk offline. Maybe we can convince you, help help make it easier for you somehow. <laughs> we, we want you there, man. We definitely want you there. You you were the, you know, p- part of the lifeblood of that of that conference for sure. It was awesome. Oh, it's look, it's uh, I love being able to see the community in person and stuff because I think. Uh, it's one thing to see everybody online, but it's another to to feel a part of it in in you know in in real life. Uh, I think it's important. I think we a lot of times just feel isolated because we're the only voice of reason in a reasonless world, right? So it's nice to be around like-minded individuals. Crypto Bear, I think we'll leave it at that. Is there uh, anything else you want to bring up today? Anything you want to get out? No, just uh, I'm excited to see the Monero still going strong. Like I told you, is uh, it's grown a lot since the earlier, earlier days. Uh, so it's it's nice to see uh, the community still hasn't lost that spirit. I think if anything, it's an extension of that original spirit. And you know, I I, I love this stuff because I see it as a tool for freedom. I see it as a tool for good. And as the world kind of embraces totalitarianism and evil ways, it is a light and a tool to help us combat that. So I'm inherently have a bias that I believe it's a tool for fighting the, the you know that totalitarian evil that we see overtaking a lot. It's an ultimate uh, tool for truth, and you know because of that is a, I'm heavily motivated in seeing it succeed so that people can succeed in their own lives. All right, brother. Well said as always. <laughs> All right, Matt. They greatly appreciated. Uh, if you want, you want to just mention your links again. Things you where people can, you know, obviously catch your music and the other projects you're working on. Yeah, I have them right there. There's Twitter. There's um, uh, YouTube, and then my GitHub. And uh, 
I'll start sharing links and stuff because uh, Onion links are not liked by any of the social media stuff. It always they disappear, no matter if you oh put a slash or a dot instead of the actual dot or whatever. So I'll set up a, a landing page um, on one of the domains that just points to all that stuff. So it's easy to place to find all this stuff. Um, yeah, but no. yeah, no, I should. Uh, you should see Milk Road. Uh, 2.0 uh uploading here soon i had to do a lot of uh migrations over i actually ran out of space i put too much music out so um yeah i'll, I'll um put a lot yeah, out you should be able to see all that stuff on there yeah we, we just played one song i mean you, you have a lot of songs up there I, I didn't realize how much content you had produced and it's, it's all one song's better than the next there's a lot of effort man I, of, I just the videos themselves <laughs> The, the videos take a little longer. The music is a little easier, but yeah, no, uh, hack motivation that I just released out, but it's, it's the videos are, are really the bottleneck. They're hard to get together and, and, you know, film and everything, but yeah, no, I've, I've been putting a lot of music and I'm trying to push a lot more. Cause I, I really think that there's a, a need for what I would consider intelligent dialogue and intelligent music. Cause I think it's, you know, as, as corny as it, it's, I, I think there is a war for media and there is a lack of intelligent dialogue in that. And I think the more you're able to put it in there, you use basically the same media that's used against you. Now you're flipping it around and using it as a tool for good. So I think putting music out is imperative for me to be able to extend my reach and then be able to have a further reach to kind of preach the message that I see fit. All right, brother, we'll leave it at that. Cheers, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see you at the next Minerotopia. Hopefully. All right, Send a bunch of guys in uh, Guy Fox mask. Which one is he? <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Peace. Hi, Mineraland. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to Monero Talked Out Live for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever. By typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to being back next week.